The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to transform your life. Welcome to Direct Connect Empowerment with your host, Fee Mazanke. Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke. And welcome to the show, everyone. Today, we are, have an awesome show in store for you. Thanks so much for joining us on this absolutely picture-perfect Tuesday. It is so beautiful here in Chicago. Please be sure to pass along the empowering message of this show to others so that we can continue our impact of supporting people just like you each and every week. That's what our mission is here. We want to support people and empower people and get the word out that you too can have and live the life of your dreams. Now, as you know, or perhaps you don't know if you're new to the show, we begin each show with the boomerang effect. And the boomerang effect simply means that what you put out in life is equivalent to what you get back. It's just like throwing out a boomerang and having that boomerang come back to you. And today's boomerang starts with a question, and it asks the question, what are your expectations? And when you look at your expectations, you can really see where you can actually make empowered changes in your life. For example, I remember I was using this example yesterday, um, unfortunately, at, at a funeral that I was attending. But I remember that I was looking to sell my mom's house in Arizona. And it had been on the market for well over six years. It was during real down market time. But I fully expected to have the perfect people uh, that had the money to purchase her house to come forward. And I knew how important that was to her, even though at that time, she was really saying, hey, this isn't moving. It's not selling. Certainly the market in Arizona was looking really bleak at the time. So I um, I specifically stated my intentions to the realtor, and um, I told her exactly what I wanted to happen, have happen, and I gave thanks for that happening each and every day. And I woke up with that expectation, with no other belief in mind that it wasn't going to sell. And I was actually really excited about who it was that was going to be taking over my mom's house. So. You know, that's, it's important for you to look at your expectations and see where they lie. And if you expect an outcome to be negative, so the reverse of what we were talking about there with the, with the real estate, um, you will definitely see your expectations come to fruition. And I was speaking with my uncle yesterday about the sale of his condo. And he was mentioning to me there that there were about seven or eight condos in his building that were all up for sale and was concerned about that. And um, I told him that it really doesn't matter 
what the housing market looks like or how many places are for sale. Because when you expect good things to happen, you really set yourself up for success. When you expect the worst case scenario to happen, then you do create that in your life. So continue to ask yourself in your relationships, in your business, in your personal life, what are my expectations? And if I'm expecting a negative outcome, that's what I'm going to get, then look to change that outcome by upping your expectations and certainly by throwing out that boomerang of, hey, what do I really want and what do I really expect to have happen? So now we are going to segue into our wonderful interview and our guest today is the author of Destination Awesome, Amy Muller. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thanks so much, Dee. We're really, yeah, really happy to have you on board today. And I want to give Amy uh, a very proper introduction because her story is fascinating. And so uh, you will be riveted to your seats as you listen to her story. So here's Amy's story. From poverty to profitability, from lonely to lovable, and from angry to awesome, this is the story of Amy Muller. Amy grew up in a small town and in a broken family. Following a tough childhood, including neglect, poverty, and abuse, she left home in hopes of a better way of living. After graduating at the top of her college class, Destination Awesome author Amy Muller opened her first business. Experiencing award-winning success and earning six figures by age 25, yes, age 25, she began mentoring other young adults, and it has helped thousands, helped over a thousand as on their paths to personal and professional success. Amy is a sought-after speaker and trainer and the founder of amymuller.com, which helps people achieve personal, professional, and academic success. She's an advisory board member for the Front Row Foundation and the vice president of Vast Action, Inc., a company dedicated to the success and support of entrepreneurs. And Amy, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and I will say it has been remarkable to watch you grow and blossom and, and into this really beautiful, successful, wonderful author, trainer, speaker, and somebody that really is truly passionate about um, helping and supporting people. So we are excited to hear all about what you have to share today. Well, thanks, Dee. It's been great having you in my life as someone that I can look up to and help show me the way. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. So if you can start, Amy, with giving the listeners a look into how you grew up and what your experience was, I think it's a really fascinating story that will prove to inspire so many of our listeners out there. Sure. Yeah, I guess it started when I was two and my parents decided to split. And really what happened was my mom left. And so my dad raised myself and my brother, my older brother, on his own. Um, but my dad actually had only gone to school as far as the eighth grade. So he wasn't very educated and took the best paying job he could, which was as a truck driver cross country, which meant he was gone most of the time. So we grew up in a rundown trailer park. And then my brother, not really having any leadership or discipline, um, dropped out of school at 10th grade. 
and got into a lot of trouble, heavy drugs, crime, eventually jail, prison, um, which most of my family, if you look at the extended family, are very similar. A lot of high school dropouts, a lot of teenage pregnancy, a lot of drugs and alcohol abuse, some jail, things like that. So really, I just I spent a lot of time alone, and I really didn't have the family role models showing me how to create the awesome life that I wanted, so I did have plenty showing me how not to. So it's a really brief overview. I don't know how much detail you want me to get into at this point. But, uh, well, no, I think it's really fascinating because if you look at, you know, a person's upbringing, obviously it has such a, a, a great deal of um, determination and influence on what they're going to be like. And, and clearly you had a, a, so much, you know, ne- neglect. It really was, it is what it was. And then certainly there were, um, you know, addictions woven into that experience. So because of that, do you feel that that just truly, if, as you looked at all the ways or all the different lifestyles of the people in your family, and your extended family, do you feel that that was very inspiring for you to say, you know what, I'm going to seek a different way? For sure. I mean, I don't even know how, it, you know, how I had that from such a young age, but I just always knew I wanted something different. And I guess probably because I could see that happening around me. You know, I could see other kids with their parents at school functions. I could see kids coming in and out of houses when they got on a school bus. You know, my teachers spoke about the different type of life. You know, you could see it on TV, I guess. So I just knew that there was another option. I didn't know how to get there, but I knew that I wanted to get there. And so that was kind of always my focus was that I was going to get there. So it was really clear in your mind that as you saw some of these other experiences of people that had a different lifestyle than your own that you were saying to yourself, that's what I want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. And would you say that that was your attitude as you were going through these challenges is that you continue to focus on those things that you wanted and, and, you know, as you looked at and really were living in an experience of abuse and neglect, um, that you just really continued to hone your mindset and sharpen your focus on that, on what it is that you really wanted. Yeah, absolutely. I think even when I look back, and I didn't realize it then, of course, when I was just a child, but now I can see it so clearly. But yeah, anytime, you know, there were times where you're just really struggling, I guess, you know, or just something bad is going on. I just remember that I would always think about that it wasn't going to be like that forever. That's really it. I just always thought, I know it's going to be different someday. It sucks right now, but it's going to be different. And I really just focused on that. I tried so much not to think about what was going on around me and just thought about what was going to happen eventually. And, um, you know, it's funny too, because I think that I had a teacher in fourth grade, in fact, that was walking around class one day and handing papers back with grades on them. And she put my paper on my desk and was like, you know, good job. You should go to college someday. And I don't even think I knew what college was at that time. I just had this intuition that she said something positive about my future And from that point on, I think that's what I decided. I'm going to go to college. So from there, I think most of my decisions throughout my childhood were really measured against, will this get me closer to or farther from going to college? I'm not saying college is the answer for everyone. That was my answer. So I was always a really good student. I always, um, you know, worked really hard, did the extracurriculars to get a decent resume just so that I could get into college someday and save the money to do so. So that was my path from very early on. I'm going to get out of here and education is going to be my first solution that I was seeking, I guess, to do so. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so fascinating um, for me to interview so many different types of people that I get a chance to, you know, talk to every single week and, um, and to know that in each case, and you're yourself included and at such an early age, um, you had the insight and the knowingness. And I would say it's, it's got to be a deep knowingness within you that said, hey, yeah, this kind of life is not, this isn't what I'm really wanting to aspire to. I know it's going to get better. I certainly don't know how. And sometimes when you release attachment to the how, it just all starts to fall into place. And we'll we'll continue on with your story as we go along here. But I think that's what's really fascinating, Amy, is that um, your thoughts and your focus was really in what you wanted. And that's so much of what we talk about in these empowering principles is what do you want? What do you want? And how do you do that? How do you maintain? And how, how do you suppose, Amy, you maintain that focus in the early years? Well, I think I, you mentioned it a few minutes ago when you opened your show too, but just that whole expectation of it. I mean, now, and I don't even know that I made that connection before, but as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, that's so true because I think my whole childhood, I had that expectation of a different life. Like I never doubted that I was going to have a different life. I just didn't know how I was going to have it, but I knew I would have it. And so mostly to maintain the focus, I just, as corny as it sounds, I guess I was just always constantly dreaming, dreaming of the life I wanted and ignoring what was going on around me, which I found to actually be a really good strategy because, and I didn't know then that sounds bad now to ignore stuff, but if you're really just trying to focus your mind, if you're, I just was always focused on what I could do. I was focused on my work and my school and the sports. And then I knew that the more I stayed busy with that stuff, the less I had to deal with what was going on at home. So, and I still do that. I think it's important to have positive input to combat the negative ones. Just like we feed our our bodies with nutritious food, I think we need to feed our minds with nutritious content. So for me, it's still podcasts and TED Talks and positive radio like this one and books and inspirational stories and positive people and seminars and is constantly trying to focus on what should be focused on, right? The way to waste an energy to focus on the negative, I imagine. Sure. And what's so fascinating too, Amy, is that, um, you know, a lot of times people will come forth and say, well, I think it's irresponsible to not focus on, you know, not worry and not focus on the problems. But what I can say is in talking with you, and in in the the many interviews that I've done with different types of people, different walks in different walks of life, and I use my own life as a litmus test to playing with all of these empowering principles and ways to manifest and and live the the life that I really want to live. And what's fascinating about it is that when you can find that place of inner peace or inner confidence where you say, yep, I, this, is, this is not what I'm going to focus on, but I'm rather going to kind of look to my dreams. And, you know, and, and as a child, I would imagine you did use your imagination to kind of imagine yourself in a different place, in a different setting, living life in a different way. I would imagine. Would that be accurate? Oh, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it, the same holds true in adulthood. 
And the important message here to our listening audience is, if you're not living the life of your dreams and you have all these challenges, certainly Amy grew up facing so many different challenges in her life, um, don't focus on it. You know, don't focus on the, the lack of abundance or the poor health or the relationship difficulties. Imagine what it is that you want. Use your vision, use your creativity, use your experience to focus on what you want. And I can tell you, sometimes it's easier It's easier on certain days than it is on others, but um, I do it all of the time. And I just, you know, wake up and just put it out there every single day what it is that I want, even when things don't even, don't appear to be going in the direction of what I want. And so that is, as a, you know, as a young child, um, that I would say is a very important giftedness that you carried and still carry, which is to, you know, continue to use that imagination of yours to, to just dream about the life that you really want to live. Amazing. Amazing. Good job, Amy. Um, so what do you have to offer to those people, Amy, who um, might be facing challenges right now and how they can still achieve the life of their dreams? I would say that I can offer them absolute certainty that they can create the awesome life that they desire no matter where they start. It's just a matter of believing that you can do it and then doing your part. I mean, no one's going to do it for you. No one can do it for you. And you just got to, you have to know though, that if you want your life to change, right, you have to change. So whether that's overcoming fears, whether that's developing needed skill sets, whether that's getting out into the world to make the connections that can help you. I mean, at 18, the reason I say I can offer a certainty is I believe that if I could do it, then anyone can do it. Because when I hit 18, after going through that childhood, I was a mess. I was, I mean, I was angry and I was untrusting of people and I was lonely and I was socially inept. And I was lacking in communication skills and confidence and just about anything else other than maybe vision and commitment. But I then, you know, then I joined an organization that focused on personal and professional development. And it was my first exposure to it. And I was blown away and I was truly inspired for the first time. And I finally had my positive role models and a strategy for fulfillment and success. And I've grown so much. I'm practically a totally different person. But I still have a way to grow because I think growth never ends. I think even just being growing in any area adds for happiness. So I just really believe that I can do it with lacking everything I was lacking, that anyone can do it. I believe that 100%. And that's why I, I think your story is so fabulous. And we are up on our first break, and we're going to continue to hear Amy's story as we return. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. 
Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+, and they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I, dot com, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And we are speaking with Amy Muller, and she is the author of Destination Awesome. It is a great book that you should uh, pick up as soon as this podcast is complete. And um, we're talking about her story and her inspiring upbringing. Um, and, and Amy, I know you mentioned that you were really angry. And, and when you turned 18, you kind of said, hey, I'm, I'm an adult now. I want to kind of do things my way. And you were angry about um, how things went. And you've, you, know, you didn't really have the skill set that you needed to have positive role models in your life until you joined your organization. Um, the question I have it, before we get into the next part of the interview is, what steps did you take to overcome the obstacles of your childhood, because I see this so often with my coaching clients, and I want to give them some nuggets. I want to give people out there in the audience some nuggets about what it took for you to let go and to move into forgiveness and to let go of the anger so that you can really focus on creating this awesome life. Well, that is a good question because honestly, for a long time, I wasn't really overcoming it emotionally. I mean, I was working hard in school and in work to build financially and get out of the financial side of my upbringing, but I wasn't really growing emotionally. It took a couple of really bad experiences um, to push me actually to that next level. I mean, I had developed communication skills and things like that, but I still wasn't, I was struggling in the area of relationships and emotional just happiness and health and all that stuff. So... Um, it took, you know, some of my best friends telling me at one point as an adult that I had a really negative attitude, which was shocking to me then, but I can't even believe I didn't know that now that I was back. And it hurt, um, but it's good that they let me know. And it took my husband coming to me one day to say that we should probably consider divorce. And that really woke me up to the absolute clarity that I had to deal with my issues, you know, and get rid of the baggage. So for me, the two big things I think that started to turn the emotional side of things around was just making the choice to deal with it. I mean, when I just actually made the choice, okay, this is it. I'm not going to live like this anymore. I'm going to go figure this thing out. And then after I made that choice, the second thing would be to seek out experts who could advise me on how to do that, both in people and in books. So 
I just started reaching out for help. And um, and I totally know the power of books because books have helped me change my life in that way in addition to people. So part of why I wanted to write a book, I guess. But that'd be what the two things I think that got me started on that path. Wow. And, and talk about some, you know, earth-shattering experiences where you go, okay, yeah, this, this is the, the p- potential end of my marriage, and so I guess I better take steps to change. So I, I guess the underlying message there is really if you're, if you're experiencing those things um, or you've got friends that are offering you, maybe not the easiest thing to hear, but rather the truthful thing for you to help you to embrace some of the things and let's face it we all need to look at change and how uh how we can you know improve our lives um but really just moving in that direction of saying those are some those are some big things that helped you to kind of be the catalyst for the change within you for sure i mean i could have easily said oh i'm sure they're wrong there's something wrong with them (laughs) When you have it coming from multiple good people, you know, there's a point where it's like the evidence is showing you that it's not them, you know, if there's, so I just, I think you just have to sometimes take a good look, you know, yeah. and be willing to really accept the responsibility. So. Right. Sure. And that's, I think that's a tough pill to swallow, isn't it? Like just to sit, to look in the mirror and go, okay, yeah, if I've got all of these challenging experiences in my life and people saying, hey, Amy, you know, let's, let's wake, wake up and, you know, let's look at some of these things, it would be really easy to shun that responsibility and say that it's them. But um, as I always like to ask the question, what's the common denominator? In all of those experiences outside of you, what's the common denominator? And uh, the, all, the answer is always the common denominator is you. And so that's where the change can happen. So I'm, I'm just really, really proud of you, Amy, for being able to recognize um, through those difficult times and messages that you got that it was a catalyst for change so that you could deal with what you needed to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you speak to, and, and this is going to sound crazy to our listeners, but I always know that there, in every in every difficulty, there is a seed of grace. Can you speak to the gift of your upbringing and what you gained as a result of that? Yeah, for sure. And the funny thing is that um, I I didn't used to think this way, you know. But I do now. I used to avoid thinking about my upbringing because it did make me angry, right? But now I can actually review it and look for the positives or the lessons that I got out of it. So I'll give you an example. I think it'll help make sense. But, um, you know, because I grew up alone and lonely so much of the time, I was basically taking care of myself from a very young age. And so, um, you know, I was talking with a team member of mine recently about somebody in her family because she had a, somebody in her family that was a new college student and was uh, or had just dropped out of school or something. They go back home. There was something along those lines where they were really struggling with as a lot of college students do, they were struggling with that transition of being on their own and being homesick and not sure if they fit in and all those things that make that first year so challenging. And I had thought that, you know, it's crazy because for me, 
it wasn't really a transition at all. It was so simple. I mean, I had always taken care of myself anyway. I was always by myself anyway. So going to college was not a big deal at all. I did not struggle with many of the things that college students struggle with because of that. So really, again, this is one of those things that at the time it seemed so tough, but then you look at how it, how it served me later. You know, I was thinking about my abuse at one point because it made me really untrusting of people for most of my young adult life. And being so untrusting, that was probably, again, part of the reason that I did not end up as one of the statistics related to teenage pregnancy or STDs or anything else related to putting your trust in the wrong person or the wrong situation. So there definitely are gifts in it. It was really hard to go through, and I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, but I have strengths that I wouldn't have otherwise had I not been through that. But definitely, too, I think it's important to note that your challenges only make you stronger if you choose to use them that way. You know, everyone is challenged. That's without a doubt. Everybody has their own challenges. I don't know a single person without challenge, but not everybody responds in that way. So I believe anybody's capable of responding in that way and using it to build a strength. There's still a choice to do so. And I think that's a really important point that you brought up, and that is it, it's really not about the challenge, but it's about how you respond to the challenge that makes the difference. And if you're going to, you know, if you overreact or if you react in a negative way, um, but rather, as I, um, as I have said before on the show, and I say to myself, I'm currently, have, I currently have a daughter who just moved away less than a month ago to college and my conversation with her over the weekend was, I don't know, mom, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling it here and I'm really lonely and missing home. And so that is very common, of course, but it's how you respond and, you know, how you, how you rise to that challenge to really see the seed of grace in it. And certainly in your case, Amy, that seed of grace has been evident over and over and over again because your ability to you know to fit in fit in at college was certainly an easier transition than most people have. Um, your ability to have strength where people would not even have strength in the in the times and in the situations where you have found that strength and fortitude in yourself. Those are some those are some real valuable assets that you can take away from a really, really tough experience. Again, not one that I would ever recommend or want anybody to ever go through. But, you know, um, if you look for that, if you look for the, you know, what's the value for me and um, also what good can come from this. And that's one of the things that I like to always share with the listeners. And I say to myself regularly, there's, I know there's something good that can come from this. I don't know what it is now, but what is the good, what's the value, what good can come from this experience? And so when you keep looking for that, rather than dwelling in, why did this happen to me? Why is it always me? Why is it me that, you know, gets, gets these, you know, tough times? And that's, that's a different level of thinking. It's a different level of vibration than, hey, I'm, what's the good that can come from this experience, from this difficulty? So obviously, you've been doing that, Amy, and you continue to do that because, um, you know, your focus and your determination to make the change is so evident in everything that you do now. So... It's wonderful to see. 
Um, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you didn't become one one of those statistics, you know, teenage pregnancy, um, high school dropout, that you you remained steadfast on your focus of getting an education and doing it differently in your life and how you um, found everlasting love and support with your husband, Josh, because I think it's really fun to watch the two of you together and, and fun to see the loving support that you offer one another. Um, obviously it wasn't always there because Josh said, Hey, this isn't working for me. We let's, let's make a change here. What are your, what were your keys in looking for and finding and landing someone like Josh so that people out there that may be, um, experiencing difficulties in finding everlasting love can get inspired as well. For sure. And by the way, Josh is, you just said this because Josh is amazing. I can't remember exactly how you said it, but landing Josh, someone like Josh, Josh really is um, a fantastic person. So when, when my marriage was like on that brink, it really would have been a huge loss for me. Like that's for sure. It's not like he had all these issues too. And so it'd have been like, maybe it's not worth saving, you know, not at all. It was really all about me at that point. So, um, so firstly, our relationship started as friends. I think that was really, it worked well for us. I don't know that that has to be the case for everybody, but I have always found that I think because we had common interests and we enjoyed time together and we were able to grow as people without having that relationship stuff be the first thing, you know, in our relationship, um, you know, we were able, it was the growth first and then it developed into the relationship. So that really worked for us. Um, we try to focus on just really being open and honest. It's really hard at times, but it's always worked out for the better for us, which is why he was able to come to me and say, okay, this isn't really working. I think maybe we should consider splitting up, you know, because we try to have that open and honest communication. Um, For me, I would think a great strategy for finding love is just to do the things that you love. So instead of trying to find someone and do things with them, it's do the things that you love and meet the people who also love those things. And then if you have an audio person in mind, then just make sure that you're striving to become the person that would attract that one you're looking for. So for instance, if you're looking for someone who's super giving and selfless, then maybe, you know, my guess is to attract one, it would help to be giving. So I could totally be wrong by that, but um, I'm not a relationship expert. But that would be what I think has worked out so well for us. And and, um, and I think what's really fascinating, too, about your situation is again you went through you you went through the rocky times in the marriage and, but you you know you recognize the value of a partner like Josh and and committed to it how long was was that how long did you did it take for the turnaround to happen for you yeah that's a really good question so i would say by the way out of everything i've gone through in my life probably my biggest challenge was that situation um even more so than my upbringing um but we were married for, I guess, about two years when he came to me with that conversation. And um, what had it happened is, you know, I guess at the course, like, so my marriage was on the brink of maybe ending. And I'm trying to remember what the time frame is of, like, he had basically given up. He's like, I think this is it. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me at least try to fix it, right? So that's when I was like, just give me some time. I will work on it, whatever. And I started changing, but he had already gotten to that point of like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And then it was probably six months later, I had gone through a lot of changes actually, had uh, 
I guess that's pretty quick. It's six months, but I had actually made a lot of improvements in that six months. And, um, and I, we had this conversation one day and I was like, you know, I'm surprised that you are giving up. Like I've never known you to be a give up or like he's a guy that's very persistent, you know, has these goals and he just never gives up. And so I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. And, and he, I don't even remember that conversation, by the way, but he tells me about that, that there was that day that we had that conversation where I was like, I can't believe you're going to give up. And he was like, you're right. I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, you have made all these changes, and I should totally not be giving up. And it was like from that moment on that we were working together on fixing it. But what's crazy is I never knew how good a marriage could be. Like, I never had a vision. I guess I've never seen it, right? Like, nobody in my family has that. So everybody's divorced, and they're all screaming at each other and fighting and just all kinds of stuff. So... I had never really had that example of a really great relationship. So I didn't even know how awesome it could be until we got to that point. Now we have this amazing relationship that I never knew was possible because it was at the other end of that stuff. So I guess the the takeaway there is just that no matter how bad something seems, if you're willing to take those steps despite the fear, willing to learn what's needed to overcome the weakness, I think there's something so great for you on the other side that you maybe don't even have the capacity of visualizing it. And what would you say makes it great so that people can begin to look at their own relationships and go, yeah, that's what I really want? Because you didn't have the example. So what today makes your relationship so great that it was lacking in before and where you were able to kind of seek that and do that? Yeah, a few things. But mainly, I guess I would say still maintain that open and honest communication for sure. Um, always supporting each other, always supporting each other. He's my biggest supporter. Sometimes I don't even know why he believes in me as much as he does, but he does. And so just supporting each other constantly, um, just enjoying time together, making sure that we have quality time. We both work really hard. We both travel a lot. Some people actually wonder how we even are able to make marriage work that way because we spend so much time apart. But we make sure the time we spend together is really quality time. We plan those times out so that we are together and doing things that we love to do. And we're always learning new things together. I think that you know, helps because it's just more fun. And um, like I said, I think we're happier when we're growing as people. So that helps. And then I think the other thing would just be that we are just doing the the little things, I guess, that you hear about with a marriage, like, you know, leaving each other love notes. We even have this little sticky note you can buy it specifically for the showers. (laughs) That sounds like paper you can write on in the shower. It doesn't get wet and fall apart. And so we leave each other notes almost daily in the shower. So the next time someone gets in the shower, there's a nice little note in there for them. And we send each other cards when we are traveling. And we, you know, surprise each other with whatever it is, doing something or sending gifts and that kind of stuff. And then um, I was thinking, oh, the other thing, one of the things that really helped me, which I don't know if I'm allowed to just say a book, but it really impacted our marriage because I read The Five Love Languages. That was one of the books I read at that time. And... um it really just teaches you how to understand that the way you feel love isn't necessarily the way other people feel love. And so it just really opened my eyes to understand that I wasn't giving him what he needed because I was trying to give him what I needed, but what I needed wasn't what he needed. So it's just more of a communication tool. So all of those things, I think, make a big difference for us. Those, those are wonderful. Just a, appreciation, ways to appreciate and, and sure. have a common degree of respect. We are up on our next break, so we'll be right back. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com. Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+, and they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I dot com, and find out more today because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And we are speaking with Destination Awesome author Amy Muller. And before the break, Amy was talking about the really the big turnaround, the biggest challenge that she faced, which was the uh, looking looking at her marriage potentially ending, and um, really the commitment that they made together, Amy and Josh, and and it's evident when you see them interact with one another that their commitment to having a wonderful marriage is there. And sometimes, and, and I think this is important to point out, sometimes it takes going through those challenges to inspire you to do things differently, to work together, in this case, to work on the relationship. And the benefits that you can see as a result of their loving support of one another is, it, again, you when you watch the interaction between the two of them, it's certainly evident. But I'm sure it wouldn't be that great without facing that challenge of, uh-oh, yeah, this might be ending, you know, Josh coming in and speaking the truth. And then Amy saying, hey, I never thought you were a person that would give up that easily. So if you're out there and facing challenges, again, focusing on what good could come from this uh, I, is, an, is another really important um, question to ask yourself so that you can just say, hey, I want to move into the change that's necessary to be able to have what I want. And, and that's what really today's message is all about. It's about no matter what your life looks like, Presently, you can always have what you want. And, and Amy is a, a shining example of that. 
Now, Amy, when you work with people who may be facing deep emotional pain, people I'm sure people come forward because of your raw honesty, your raw emotions as you share them. And again, thank you so much for sharing them because I, um, I know it can be so easy to just pretend that everything is great in your life and your world, yet deep down inside you're facing this pain. So I, I know that when you offer the truth to people, then people will come forward to offer their truth to you. What type of advice do you have or suggestions do you have for people who have that deep emotional pain? So is the question, how would I advise them or more just how do I try to offer support? Um, either way. I mean, offering support initially and then, um, and then advice sure. as well. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess in general, I just try to understand what they're going through, you know, how they're feeling, spend more time listening than talking. And <laughs> when I do talk, it's mostly asking questions to seek a better understanding of what they're going through. Um, you know, if they're asking for help, then I'll direct them to resources that have helped me or suggest ideas on finding contacts that could offer support that I'm not qualified to offer. But oftentimes, I find it's just a matter of making them feel like someone cares and understands and empathizes and believes in them, believes they can overcome it or grow because of it. So I would say the first step is really, again, just to focus on what you want, you know, not what you don't want. So don't waste your energy thinking about how much your difficulty sucks because that won't help at all. Uh, it does take conscious effort to refocus your mind in the midst of a challenge. So that's not an easy thing always, but it definitely is a, an effective thing to do. And then once you know what you want, just create the strategy to go out and get it or find the strategy. I'm sure there's so many things out there in the world that other people have already done for us that we don't have to create it from scratch. We can just find a model that works for someone else and just follow that same model. But, you know, having that strategy despite the current challenges, so whatever they may be, just find the person who can help, develop the skills that will help, and then any other game changers that really could apply to your, your goal of overcoming that. And what would you say, Amy, is um, a way that you use uh, when you find your mindset kind of waning? What what strategy do you use to point your mind in the direction of what you want? Good question. I do a couple of things. Um, I find I'm much better at having tools already created for when I get into that mindset because it is harder to get out of the mindset or create the tool while you're in a negative mindset, if that makes sense. Yes. So for example... I might make a list of just, you know, things that I'm proud of or things that I'm grateful for, or things that make me laugh or things that make me feel good, just a memory or something, and then just have that list. It's so easy now with smartphones. Just put the list or put a picture or put something in your phone that when you're feeling bad, you can just refer to that tool. And generally, if you're just, if you're refocusing your mind on gratitude or things that make you happy, it's going to help for sure. It's going to help. It's not going to solve the problem, but it'll help at least pull you back to the right side mindset uh, so you can solve the problem. And then the other thing for me is it really helps to do physical things. As, and this, again, I think comes from my childhood because I remember times where I'd be in my trailer all by myself and it'd be a horrible day. And I don't even know how I knew to do this, but I would just turn on the radio, turn it up, and just start dancing around my living room because I was the only one there, so I could do that. And I always felt better. So for, same idea here. You know, do, if, if it makes you feel better to work out or listen to great music or just something that changes your physical state that also helps change your mental state. That really works for me as well. Yeah, I definitely know dancing does. Uh, it's it's something that I've brought up on the show in the past, and I, I definitely know that it is a huge help 
just to ch- like you said change the physical atmosphere and in your physical experience because the energy begins to shift and the energy follows once you start to do that and so um, I think that's a great strategy that you've offered to the listeners is just to you know find different tools that are going to help and support um, you to begin to shift the focus of your mind because like you said Amy if you dwell on everything that's going wrong and you were certainly a person that had a lot going wrong in your life and it would have been easy to just get stuck in that place and space um, you know to be able to do something to support yourself through that process are there any other action steps that you offer or take or, you know, like a first action, a first go-to that you take to really help get out of the funk of a mindset that is negative? No, really not anything other than I've said. I mean, the only other thing that I might do if I'm really struggling is just to reach out to someone that I know is amazing. So whether that's reaching out to someone like you, I have, I have a couple of really good friends that are just amazing people that if I called them and they wouldn't, and again, they wouldn't always be easy on me. It might be a hard conversation of them being like, you need to just get over it. But, but they're good people that have, you know, wonderful advice that would either help reshift my thinking or, or they just, you know, love me enough that they'll just having that connection with them would help shift it. So that's another possibility. Yeah, definitely. And would you say that, there was kind of a cleansing, purging process uh, when you were writing your book, Destination Awesome, that you that helped you to move through difficulties, kind of like as you wrote it out to write the book, um, to tell your story. Would you say that that was somewhat healing for you? I would say, actually, I had already moved through most of them by the time I decided to share you know, how I moved through them, which is really what the book is. It's stories that I went through and what the lessons I've learned and, and not just my own stories because there's a lot of other stories in there. But, um, however, when I started sharing the stories from stage and when I, when people started reading the book, I did get a lot of affirmations from that, that I was doing the right thing. So I wondered if I should be sharing my family's stories. There's some guilt that comes with that of like, I'm sort of exposing all of us and, you know, I didn't know if it was being indulgent to talk about myself so much. I generally don't talk about myself because it, it feels egotistical somehow. But um, but when people come up to me after the speech or they read the book and they tell me it really helped them or inspired them or that they can totally relate to it, then any of those things. And that's where it just goes back to sort of being healing and affirming because I, if I hadn't gone through some of that stuff, I wouldn't have all these wonderful people reaching out to me. So that's very precious to me and I'm really grateful for that. And I know you've got so many stories and so many different examples, like you said, not just in your own life, but stories that um, really move you. I watched you on stage in May where you got really moved in in telling um, an example of a a story about a team. What Share with us, share with our listeners um, a story that really helps, like something that you connect to that helps you keep going during difficult times? Oh, geez, it would be hard to narrow it down because there's so many wonderful stories out there. Um, And, you know, I think for everything, the thing I've learned is that there's a story for every lesson, right? So I've had so many things help me, and that would just go back to so many stories. You know, the one that you're referring to that I shared on stage that really is still, there are some stories, there's even a story in my book that after reading, proofreading it the 12th time, it's not my story, it's somebody else's, but I still tear up every time I read that story because it really 
really just moving and doesn't matter how many times I read it or speak some of them, I still get choked up. But, you know, the one you were referring to was actually more of the idea that you can position yourself for success, which is what the topic of that speech was, but that you can also position other people for success. And it was it's so amazing. It was a story of a senior, high school senior who was amazing at football and he had all these offers and people, uh, you know, scouts were at every game and, and he wasn't choosing anything. And his coach, who had known him for his whole life, basically helped coach him his whole life, went up to him to say, you know, why aren't you choosing a school? Because if you get injured before you choose, you could lose all the offers. But if you if you sign with someone, you know, then even if you get injured, they're going to help you get taken care of, whatever. So, you know, it's in your best interest maybe to sign right now. And his response was, hey, there's, you know, a lot of other guys on this team who need offers. Like, they're not going to go to school if they don't get a football scholarship. So I'm not going to sign because I want the scout to keep coming to the game because they'll see these other guys play as well. And he was right. Like, he held out, and the scout kept coming, and five other guys ended up with, with offers at the end of that season. And I'm like, wow, I'm just amazed that even someone at that age could be so selfless to want to impact other people that way. Like, it just blows me away. So. I love that story. That's actually not in the book, by the way, because that's a story I learned after I wrote the book. But there are a lot of really great stories in the book similar to that of just different people who went through challenges, how they overcame it. And some of them really are inspiring stories, even inspire me reading them over and over again. Sure. And I remember that story, and I'm so glad that you shared it, because there are so many examples out there in the world of people doing great things, and that being someone that's in high school that's probably 17 or 18 years old, um, and, and really thinking outside the box to be able to um, incorporate and support uh, so many other people, and what a beautiful way to um, demonstrate the love that 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 young man had for his teammates, so that they could get what they needed too. Uh, very selfless story. Um, we're going to be wrapping up, and and before we do, I want to ask you about getting a hold of your book and and directing people to your website so that. People can ask further questions, get a hold of you, uh, you know, look if there's uh, listeners out there that have opportunities for, um, you know, speaking engagements for you. Uh, I want to definitely get that out there. So can you fill us in on the logistical side of things for you? Yeah, absolutely. So the book should be pretty easy to find because it's in most bookstores, so whatever your favorite, whether you want to go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, the books in Million Powell's and other things, you can just search Destination Awesome. If you go to Amazon and search Destination Awesome, I think it's the first thing that pops up, um, so you can find it pretty easily um, online or in bookstores themselves. For my website, you can go to amymuller.com. It is spelled weird, so I'll spell it really quick because my name isn't even spelled like the normal Amy. It's A-M-I-E-E. M-U-E-L-L-E-R.com. And there's a book page there, too. So if you don't want to search it yourself, you can go to that, click on book, and it'll show you the different stores you can get it from and click on those. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Some people find me there. But, yeah, absolutely reach out. There's a contact page on my website. So even if you just want to share your story with me, I am totally happy to hear that. I have a lot of people now that reach out just to share. So you may not even be reaching out to get a book or ask a question. You just want to share it. I'm totally open to hearing it. I love it. and maybe your story will be featured in your next book, Amy. How about Absolutely. that? Right? Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Well, we are out of time. Um, and I just want to say, Amy, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your honesty. And most importantly, I want to say thank you for, you know, being someone that 
um, broke the mold of what what you were you know brought up seeing and doing, and you really broke free of that as a wonderful example to not only myself, but to so many people out in the world, um, you're a shining example of someone who can say, yes, you can have it all, and, and here's what it takes to get there. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Dee. I also want to say thank you to our men and women of service. We always appreciate your um, unconditional support of our country. And to all of our loyal listeners, a very hearty thank you. Thanks for passing on the message of this show. And I wish you all a wonderful and inspired week. Talk to you next week. Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Fima Zanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.